This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. Fight Back with Libby Schneimer on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back. Should people who collected the CERB, even though they were not eligible for it, have to pay it back? Well, more than 440,000 Canadians received letters from the Canada Revenue Agency saying they would have to do just that by December 31st. Then the Prime Minister chimed in saying, No one should have to worry about coming up with thousands of dollars at Christmas time. And that just left the whole thing up in the air. So according to the rules, you have to have earned at least $5,000 in 2019 to get the money. And that is $5,000 in net income. That's uh, your revenue minus your expenses, which is the money that your tax is calculated on. Now, Some say that the Canada Revenue agents they spoke to misled them on this point, that it was an honest mistake. So what was it? And meanwhile, the Toronto Star is reporting that there may be a whole second pool of recipients who will have to repay some or all of their benefits because their applications were rushed through to meet the program's end-of-year deadline. So What's the right thing to do? What's the fair thing to do? The argument is that if you let it go, then the people who obeyed the rules and maybe didn't try to get it, if they didn't earn enough money in the year before, it's unfair to them. So what do you think? The numbers, 416-360-0740, toll-free 1-866-740-4740. And right now, I would like to go to NDP House Leader and Critic for Finance and MP for New Westminster Burnaby, Peter Julian, as well as Toby Sanger, Director of Canadians for Tax Fairness. Hi, and welcome to you both. Good to be with you. Okay. And I'd like to shout out to all of the frontline workers as well that have helped, that have been helping us get through this pandemic. Okay. We all would like to shout out to them. Let's begin with Peter. So, uh, what do you say? Is it fair to ask for repayments? Well, here, here's another question I would ask. Is it fair for the government to change the criteria? Because as, uh, as an MP, we were in touch with CRA when the the serve the emergency benefit was originally put into place. The NDP really pushed for this, and CRA never talked about net income. So we had a lot of people in good faith that were applying uh, for these benefits, and we're not talking about a lot of money. We're talking about uh, potentially um, a, a little more than fourteen thousand if somebody had the, the serve during the entire uh, the entire year of. Uh, of 2020. Now, what that means is uh, when you take out the, the price of uh, of even renting a, a one a one room apartment, um, that meant people were living on perhaps seven dollars a day for their food and transport and clothing and toiletries. So, what uh, what I think has happened here is the government has changed the criteria. It's interesting to note that 
the billions of dollars that have gone to some of Canada's most profitable corporations and were used in many cases, we've, we've seen now, for dividends and executive bonuses. The government is not asking those corporations to pay that money back. And I think that's a double standard that Canadians can see through. Okay, uh, let's go to Toby Sanger. I mean, the argument is uh, maybe there was some confusion, but but net income is always the standard that's used for for anything to do with the Canada Revenue Agency. So what do you think? Uh, well, you put the, the the issue very well, uh, Libby. Um, but there, but there was, uh, as Peter says, there there was a lot of confusion. I mean, a lot of um, uh, the, the CRA site didn't uh, specify net income early on. The staff were uh, the, the the head of the union acknowledges that the staff were uh, given um, a different uh, and, and, and confused and sometimes conflicted. Information and so were people who, who applied for it, and it really isn't uh, that clear. And in fact, as um, the tax uh, uh, um, uh, expert Alan Lanke has pointed out, is is that even the legislation isn't clear. The Serb legislation doesn't specify what income, um, uh, what 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 income means in that. Now the Tax Act does, but that's a different thing. And also, the Supreme Court of Canada has uh, has has uh, ruled differently in that. So there remains quite a bit of confusion about this. Uh, people were understandably confused. I really do think that, um, um, I, I mean, this is, we're talking about the eligibility criteria, but it was not an arbitrary number. I do think that that, that um, we should really be focusing on the need. And uh, and if there is some provision in, um, for, through the taxes to, uh, to repay it through a callback or other types of things, that's what they should have put in place at that time. And as Peter says, um, um, I, you know, I, I, for each of these, it's a maximum of 14000 There are, um, I look at some of the other programs, there are a number of profitable uh, corporations owned by billionaires that, uh, that, uh, that, uh, that got quite a bit of in, uh, in subsidies. And, uh, and, uh, and, and certainly that should be a priority for what government goes after. Okay, uh, let's take a call from Jeff in Brampton. Hi, Jeff. Yes, hi. Uh, I'm, I've been living on welfare because there's no jobs in Brampton. There haven't been for years, really. But uh, just just before the, the application date for the CERB was ending in the spring, I got a phone call, a man claiming to be from Ontario Works, the welfare agency, and he told me to apply for the CERB. And I told him, I didn't earn $5,000 last year. He said, don't worry about that. Just apply for the CERB. And he told me to use my welfare number to apply for it. Well, that's some kind of, I don't know, uh, scam or uh, advising you to have a, a scam. It certainly, it wasn't. Well, how could he possibly get my phone number, know my name, and get my, actually my landlord's phone number, because I use his number. And so he called my landlord. Landlord gave me the phone. I spoke to him, and he told me to apply for it, go online. He told me where to go online to apply for it, and he said to use the welfare number to apply for it. Hmm. And did you? And no. God, no. Okay, I, thank I, I you. I warned, uh, like, a lot of, I know a lot of homeless people, and I warned them, don't do this because it's a trap. Okay, okay. Jeff, thanks for that. Um, so, uh 
Yes, uh, I guess there are a lot of people who may have been confused in in good faith, but uh, also people who are looking at ways to kind of game the system, Peter Julian. Well, uh, you'll you'll remember there'd be the controversy around uh, the Toronto Liberal MP, Adam Vaughan, who was telling his constituents to apply even if they didn't meet the criteria. The, The reality is CRA has very powerful tools that they tend to use for lower-income people and uh, middle-class Canadians. Uh, it doesn't apply to the uh, the $25 billion a year that go to overseas tax havens. I know Toby Sanger and Canadians for Tax Fairness have been have been talking about this for years, that uh, we have people that basically take their money offshore and don't pay a penny of taxes. But CRA, for somebody who is... Uh, locally in the Toronto region, has a wide variety, including the GST uh, rebate, to withhold if they want people to pay back money. So the question really is, uh, in a pandemic, when people in good faith uh, are are told to apply, even by CRA employees told that they meet the criteria, can the government then abruptly and arbitrarily change that criteria and then demand repayment when, as I mentioned, and Toby's mentioned as well, billions of dollars have gone to very profitable corporations, and they've used it for dividends in some cases and executive uh, bonuses. This is the uh, the two yeah, but those standards are two... that I think many people uh, object to. Well, the, the, those are you know those are uh, those are two different issues. Uh, you know, because people are, you know, the people who qualified for the CERB. So I'm asking if people who actually qualified for this are going to feel uh, that it was un- that it's unfair to let people who didn't uh, collect and keep it. Uh, you know, the other thing may have been happening. But it's kind of, uh, you know, it's it's not an equivalent argument, I don't think. Well, I, I would suggest that the tax system already makes sure that people who have, uh, who haven't qualified for CERB in other ways, uh, including having uh, too much income, uh, will end up paying that back through the tax system. The CRA has the ability to, for if somebody received and, and didn't apply in good faith, the, the criteria didn't change for them, uh, the CRA has lots of tools to get that money back. So the bigger issue, the broader issue, is is really the billions of dollars that went uh, to some of Canada's most profitable corporations. And if if the the prime minister and if the Liberal government is really concerned about making sure that every dollar uh, went to people uh, according to the strict terms that were set by the government, uh, they need to go after the the big money first. And that's where overseas tax havens. That's where the uh, the dividend payments and the executive bonuses are very relevant. Yeah, the, but the, but the Canadians the, shouldn't have the, a double standard. One that applies to the very wealthy and well connected, and another that applies to everybody else. Yeah, but one of, one of the issues with those wealthy corporations that that take care of their shareholders. Uh, if they hadn't got the wage subsidy, they would have for sure laid off people and still taken care of their shareholders. I mean, that's well, just the reality of it. That's not entire. Early on, we were arguing that there needed to be greater transparency and accountability with uh, with a number of these programs, and um, and the argument from 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 a number of people. And you know, I mean, there was some validity to it to a certain point, but only so far was was that we just need to get the money out there fast. It's going to be messy. Yeah, there's going to be true too. Th- things like that. 
And, 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 you know, I, I, I mean, I can understand that to a certain extent, but at the same time, I think that there should have been greater transparency and accountability. And then, as I said before, that it, it is that there's still, I mean, we're still not clear about this. And, and, and I think you're, you're making a good point there, Debbie. I mean, people want to feel that the tax system is fair and that they are being fairly treated and other people are fairly treated. And so I think for those who feel like they have received to, you know, enough and they've got enough income and they feel that they, according to these terms, they might not be eligible, um, then they should go ahead and repay it. And in fact, about a million individuals have done that. The thing is that people can often be, individuals can often feel intimidated by the CRA. Meanwhile, you know, those with uh, those with the tax lawyers and the, and accountants and, and those are particularly the bigger corporations often will fight uh, to make those profits. And that's the point that uh, Peter's been made, making. But I do think that, that that it would have worked better if there had been greater transparency and accountability and a requirement that some of that wage, the wage subsidy and the other support actually goes to employ people. But then also something on the back end. So those who, who have got a lot of income, either the, you know, either the businesses through excess profits tax or individuals uh, will repay after the fact, because in the middle of the summer, people didn't necessarily know what their financial situation would be in the fall. Okay. Let's take a call from Alexis in Ajax. Hello, Alexis. Oh, hello, Libby. Uh, thank you for taking my call. I just want to say that I think that some of it could be honest mistakes. Maybe there was some confusion with some of the people uh, who applied for it. The third, but on the other hand, there is a lot of fraud as well that's going on in this country. And I wouldn't be surprised that a number of people that did take the money as well knew that they shouldn't be applying for it. So, um, you know, if the CRA could define who actually, you know, should not have, I think they should ask for the money to be repaid. And um, uh, it would also be very unfair to say, okay, let's not collect any more money from anyone. What about those people that have paid the million dollars back? Are they going to refund their money? And secondly, I also wanted to say the fat cat that were getting dividends and a whole pile of money in their corporations given to them by the government, uh, I think they should uh, get all that money back. I don't think the money was intended for them to be paying out to their top uh, people um, in dividends or however they paid it. That well, they, they, the didn't use, they didn't use money from the wage subsidy to do the dividends, but it enabled them to keep yes. the other money in, in their back pockets. And what I'm saying is that given the way corporations usually behave, uh, they will lay people off and still continue to take care of their shareholders and their executives. That's which, is, just, which isn't fair. Well, fair or not, that's, that's, that's what happened. And there are a lot of people who, through the wage subsidy, did keep their jobs and people who were recalled. Mm-hmm. Anyway, Alexis, I, I hear you. I mean, uh, I, I hear you. Thank you very much for your call. Okay. I'm going to take one more call here. Bruce in Guelph. Hi, Bruce. Hello. Yes. Well, Libby, let's put it plain and simple. I want my money back. The only way the government gets money is through taxes. Now, I've got a small little business. I've talked to you before. I, I deliver for pharmacies only. I'll give you a little bit of backstory in that in a minute. But if I am late one day on my tax, one day, it's a $180 penalty for late payment. And then it, it goes interest. 
So I was late last year, and long story short, I got on with the CRA, and it was like I was on for over an hour and a half talking to them. And they said, oh, this goes back to 2017. You had, you know, you were you, you were a little short, blah, 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 on and on and on. So when I paid 2018, 2019, which I'm paying now through, through installments, it didn't go to the 2017, which it should have. So I'm assuming that they're, 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 it went to the 2017, but it didn't. So I have to pay all that back. So these people, I'm sorry. If you get money that's not owed to you, then it should be paid back. And that gentleman that kept going, he's a one-trick pony on the corporations, yes. We should get that money back, or we shouldn't have given it to the corporations. But like you said yourself, Libby, that has nothing to do with this. Whatever the corporations got, we, we, we can't control that, unfortunately. And that is a, a bad situation. But it, it's like, again, if you get money that's not owed to you, pay it back. It's plain and simple. I'm sorry. Okay. Thanks for that, Bruce. Clear opinion. Uh, we're basically out of time. I'm going to give our guests 20 seconds each. Uh, Toby, what would you like to leave us with? 20 seconds. Oh, oh, I, oh I'd like to say that, that um, I, I mean, the CRA did a really great job in terms of getting money out to, to people who needed it at that time. It, uh, things are messy. I think that the government has acknowledged that, uh, that, that things are messy and that they, and that they, uh, and people shouldn't feel obliged to to to, uh, to 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 pay it or feel intimidated by it. But I do think that there's that there's ways of dealing with the fairness act uh, um, after the fact through the tax system. So there could be quite a lot of better things done okay. uh, to to make the program work better. Peter Julian, uh, well, people who apply it in bad faith that should should pay the money back. But what we're seeing, what my constituents have been saying, is that they were getting information from CRA that said that they qualified. And that's that's the problem. So the, the government really needs to take on the big players, the fat cats, uh, and they will use the tax system to have those who paid, uh, who got the money in bad faith uh, to pay it back. And I think that's normal and healthy. Uh, but the important thing is that we get through this pandemic and that, that's... people don't lose their homes. Okay, so uh, we have to rely on them to tell who was in good faith and who was in bad faith. Uh, but um, yeah, okay, and it's it's coming up Christmas, and people who earned five thousand dollars in twenty nineteen are going to have a heck of a time coming up with that kind of cash because it's up to thirteen thousand. Uh, so uh, I guess we'll hear more about this in the new year. In the meantime, thank you so much, Peter Julian and Toby Sanger. Thank, Thank you, you very and much, Merry Christmas. and uh, happy holidays, and Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Fight Back on Zoomer Radio. Heard weekdays from noon to one. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.